0: the montana mint sports podcast i am back from a very nice weekend off a little bye week for my montana state bobcats bear tycoon's here with me whose weekend wasn't quite as relaxing but we're back we're glad to be back here with you we have some we have at least one exciting game to talk about this week we have an interesting game to talk about last week but first i want to be the i want to be the first to congratulate bear tycoon on his atlanta braves winning the 2021 world series
1: Thank you, thank you. It makes everything, uh, all sports fandom, uh, worth it. The awfulness of regular seasons, the awfulness of losing to the Bobcats, losing Super Bowls. When you finally get one championship, it is so sweet. I hope it happens to everybody in the very near future. Nate, it was a absolutely just... There's been a lot of good Braves teams recently. This one seemed like the one that had the most... Uh, hurdles in front of them and they overcame and it was just it was so much fun to watch I've been nervous for the past like month or whenever the playoffs started now a big sigh of relief in the Bear Tycoon household
0: yeah it's uh, we this, it's Wednesday November 3rd we could not record last night because of game 6 of the World Series the one that obviously the Braves yep. won to win the World Series so we're here on Wednesday night. We're glad I didn't go to a Game 7 one, so that we could get together and do this podcast and two so that Bear Tycoon could have a nice day uh, without worrying about a Game 7 um, to his favorite baseball team. I grew up a Braves fan, watching him on TBS. Chipper Jones was my favorite player of all time. They won in 95, his rookie year, obviously hadn't won it since. So it was pretty cool to see that. It was also funny to see how young everybody looked, uh, like Chipper Jones looked when they showed the flashbacks to the 95 team and how weathered he looks now. Uh, A couple too many Hooters waitresses, I think, uh, for Chipper. (laughs) It happens to everybody, Nate. It happens to everybody. You get old.
1: You get old and then you start looking old.
0: I think those Braves teams from the 90s were some of my favorites to play, like in video games, things like that, where you had like Fred McGriff, David Justice, Ron Gant, Chipper Jones, Lemke, those were the best uh, teams. Mark
1: Lemke, Glavin, Smoltz, Avery, Raphael Belliard. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. Those were like, and every one of
0: us in Montana got to enjoy those teams because of the games coming on right around dinner time on TBS. Yep. Uh, They probably started 7.05 Eastern time, 5.05 when all of us were sitting down to dinner. Got to watch, got to watch the Braves when you grew up. So, Yep. As I moved around, I, I somehow keep changing my loyalties to the different locations that I'm in. Because it's, it's fun to cheer for teams, obviously, year-round. But I've always had that kind of soft spot in my heart for the Braves. But I know that you have been a fan through and through and always stayed loyal. So it's always good uh, when, you see a, when you see a good guy like yourself get that World Series win.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been in the 2000s I've had the Grizz Oh, one. one the Broncos uh, when they beat the Panthers and then last night. So you got to savor these moments when you can get them because they they yeah. are few and far between. We
0: were we were talking about that last night when uh, I'm a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks beat the Broncos in what was that 14 15. Whatever yeah, that was. the I first it was the
1: or the second 14 or 15. Second Manning year. Yeah, <laughs>
0: second Manning year when the when the Seahawks did that. That was the first time any of my besides 95 when I really was. a Braves fan. I was also ten years old, but um, that was the first time when a team when I could like buy merchandise and watch all the highlights and read all the articles online to win. So it was really cool. Then I thought I had it the second year when they almost beat the Patriots, and we all know what happened at the goal line there. And since then, I haven't had a uh, you know championship. The Seahawks window closed. Um, So it is it is really fun when you get to celebrate something like that, even though it's not like your college or your your home team where it's you know regional to you from back when we grew up in Montana, but. Uh, still pretty cool to, to have that happen.
1: Yep. And yep, to beat and the, the it was Astros a, even better. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good victory on a lot of fronts. The main one is Nate and producer Jerry were threatening to play the Charlie Brown music uh, over me today. We still are. Uh, talking well, about the Grizz. Now we can. Well, you may, you may try to make me sound sad, but nothing can get me down after that you World Series. You're lucky that we
0: waited until... Wednesday to do this and not Monday when you still would have been sad slash (laughs) nervous. Now you're just happy Bear Tycoon and it's not quite as fun to talk about the Southern Utah game because it really was a sad game if you were a Grizz fan. It was a, you know, you you had your tweets about a win is a win is a win about 20 times over. But this one didn't feel like a win.
1: So here's, here's where I'll push back and feel like this has been a constant theme all year. Look, you play to win the game, Nate. All that matters at the end of the day is a win. Now, if it if one of my teams gets a win, I'm gonna be happy, period. There's a spectrum of happiness, and against a crummy team like Southern Utah, you know, I, I would be most happy if they won by 50 points. But looking at the bell curve all the way down to a one point victory, there's still more happiness than sadness. And so it was an ugly game, but yeah what you want is a team to persevere i thought that's what the grizz did um everything that could go wrong did go wrong in this game still came away with the w to me i mean a lot to improve on they like there's certainly uh, a lot a lot a lot the grizz need to improve on but get that win uh keep playoff hopes alive and what yeah let's let's just keep going
0: so you remember when we were talking about this last week, and I also tweeted about it after the game, was we were looking at the Sagra and we were like, this is literally Georgia taking on Montana State. <laughs> what do you think yep. Georgia message boards or Georgia podcasts would say if they beat Montana State by one point? They would be calling for the head coach's job.
1: Well, the- I bet you in the moment, the uninformed fan would be calling for the coach's job. They'd probably be playing in week one if that were the, the case if it's Georgia playing Montana state. And then once they rolled off a few more wins, people forget about it. People forget about the, the, the weekly like details of each of these wins. We're going to go back and look at the end of the season and just see that it's a win. We're going to look at their final record, the Georgia fans. And it's not like a close loss to the FCS would keep an otherwise undefeated Georgia out of the playoffs. It wouldn't help their case, but it wouldn't keep them out of the playoffs.
0: No, I mean, in that sense, you are right, it is a win. But man, I'm actually pissed about this because I had a nice weekend off of football. Mm-hmm. I my parents were in town, we were hanging out. We were, you know, didn't have to make plans around the Montana State game, didn't have to do anything like that. It was just a nice relaxing weekend. And all of a sudden the Grizz are losing to southern Utah. Yeah. And it's sixteen to ten at halftime. It's seventeen to sixteen. I'm sorry. It's nineteen to sixteen going into the fourth quarter. They, the Grizz, made me have to watch this game. Yeah, and we were out and about, and I had to have it on ESPN Plus. I had to watch this game. I knew in my heart that the Grizz were going to win this game. At halftime, I knew it. When it was going into the fourth quarter, and they were down uh, by two, I mean, I knew this game. The Grizz were going to win. They were going to pull this one out at Southern Utah. But I still had to watch, and at the end of the game, I was still very disappointed that they pulled it out. Like I thought, I thought I was going to be celebrating. You know, yeah. I thought that maybe like ten percent chance I feel chance like the outcome of
1: this game was much harder for you than it was it was for me. Um, oh, I would like, disagree I
0: should, there. I think this was a hilarious outcome to a game.
1: No, I because I ended on a high note, and so the blocked field goal, getting the victory, it it washes away all the sadness. I went in. As we talked about last week, with with uh, hesitant he hedged expectations, again. He hedged again. Yeah, hesitant ex- expectations. It was too close throughout the entire game. Way, way too close throughout the entire nothing game. Nothing would
0: have been too close, let alone twenty nineteen.
1: And then, and then, a few exciting plays, an awesome uh, uh, Justin Ford touchdown return. Uh, pick six, touchdown return to the second He's really quarter. Good.
0: He's really good.
1: I mean, that was just electric. That pl- That's the play that sticks in my head. Um, the blocked field goal to keep the lead, that sticks in my head. So leaving it, my personal opinion, it's Grizz get a victory. There are some exciting moments. They overcame the odds. Now, if I'm a Bobcat fan, if I'm a bitter old Bobcat fan that gets so much pleasure out of their rivals losing – I had my parents in town. I was getting giddy because the Grizz were gonna lose. Probably like backslapping Hall of Famer, your dad, Mr. Moore, about, oh my God, can you believe this? The Grizz are gonna lose to Southern Utah. I can't wait to pot about this this week, Dad. And then the Grizz pull it off, and just you ended on a low note. You had no, you had a couple it hours was of fun happiness. on Twitter. You had a couple hours of happiness thinking about what could be. I had a couple hours of sadness that ended in happiness. So that, add that as an other victory for the Grizz. I, I had fun with
0: this one. I, I Like I said, <laughs> I had a 10% expectation of this one ending the way I wanted it to. 90% sure the Grizz were going to pull it out. And so I wouldn't say I was sad. There was a little bit of like, damn, that would have been hilariously awesome. Like Southern Utah, we have... Not spared them at all this season. We'll talk about how much we hate yeah. them. And this game made me a Southern Utah fan. <laughs> and almost made me a donate like a, a, a benefactor, a donator to their program if they would have pulled this one off.
1: Yeah, and to be clear, had hilarious. Southern Utah won this, I would have shut down the podcast for it, forever. We would be done. It so, would've, we would have shut it some, down.
0: To some who hate this podcast, they really wish that Southern Utah would have won that game. To others who put up with us. You're welcome. I mean, thank you, Grizz, for pulling this one out.
1: Yeah, yeah. But my that God, guy. like
0: this—that was unbelievable. Like this was something. I mean, you downplayed it. You were like, "Oh, it's going to be a closer game than you think. It's not going to be like the forty-point blowout that you're talking about." And I thought you were crazy. I mean, this is Southern Utah. This is—that's because you the don't worst know football. Teams in the FCS. No, yeah. this is just one of the I. I, over, you don't, you I overestimated the Grizz. the Grizz. I overestimated the yes. I watched more Grizz games this year than probably any in the past.
1: And well, you haven't been watching them I definitely them overestimated them. Yeah, this...
0: Well, I think the I, fact it that I overestimated close, the Grizz or I completely underestimated
1: Southern Utah. I don't think it's the second one. It, you definitely didn't under... Southern Utah's not good. I mean, if, looking at it from their perspective, they had everything go in their favor and they still lost the game. Right? Like, truly, yeah. every break... Um, I mean, I, I don't know how many first downs they got as a result of uh, penalties. Quite a few. But it seems like, <laughs> like all of them. I don't know how many times I have seen, in, in watching football at any level, a player get penalized, complain about it, get a second penalty, and then have to move back, like, 30 yards or 25 yards. I, I think I can remember that, like, one other time it happened twice in this game against the Grizz I mean it seemed as though everything that could go wrong for the Grizz it did or yeah. in, in, in Southern and Utah's then, favor and they still lost it so they are Cam, Cam Humphrey contest.
0: Cam Humphrey the return of Cam Humphrey he comes in and then immediately jacks up his ankle again yeah. immediately jacks it up so now you have two quarterbacks no one knows who's going to be starting this week against Northern Colorado. Nobody knows yeah. if Chris Brown's going to transfer down to Carroll College or Northern or Tech now that he lost the starting job again to to Cam Humphrey and probably will never play,
1: you know, FCS football. Well, again. no, I don't think uh, I don't think that that is the case. My understanding uh, is they wanted to bring they wanted to bring Humphrey in partway through, get him some reps. Um, I've but, heard that yeah, transfer
0: uh, <laughs> you know, some of the Cats quarterbacks that haven't gotten playing time. You know, Nate yeah. the Grizz going back down to Rocky. That's just what people are saying.
1: That's what people are saying. Yeah, man on the street. That is what the people are saying. Um, but yeah, dude, I, uh, you yeah, know, there, there's a big, uh, <laughs> there on eGrizz is uh, is a a thread that has over 200 comments. The title is just, is Bobby on the hot seat? So that is oh. the mindset of of the Grizz. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, I mean, look, keep winning, and it, 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 those problems will go away. Winning you know solves everything.
0: So speaking of Bobby being on the hot seat, which I totally agree with, I believe he is, just from my unbiased opinion, watching it from over here, I, I believe Bobby is on the hot seat, uncreative play calling, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> the things that we know about Bobby this year and kind of his uh-huh. team. Uh, the Grizz Fan Podcast, as you know, the number one podcast in the, in the state. Um, yeah, We know that well. I was just thinking there would be nobody better to ask about Bobby being on the hot seat than Grizz fan pod host Mike Nugent. Oh. And now I swear to you that I have not texted him or talked to him about us asking him any questions about this Grizz game.
1: Let's see if he I'm picks going up. to call
0: him right now and see if he picks up. Newly elected Mike Nugent too, may I say. <laughs> I was Joe just texting City with Council. him
1: a few minutes ago, but not about this. So he is so not expecting
0: this. He's not expecting this. I'm going to try this out, put it on speaker. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. I might have to relay your questions to him because I have headphones in.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Is it ringing? It's ringing. Can you hear it? No. I might need to sit this one out. Oh, there it goes. Hey, Nate. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you?
0: Doing well hey I'm here with uh, bear Tycoon and we're on um, our podcast for the week and we thought we'd just give you a call <laughs> well I mean really I don't know what's taking you guys so long true this is a, like <laughs> I said this is a, this is a 100% non-planned call to uh, newly elected city official Mike Nugent so we should we do have to put that in here officially the honorable' <laughs> The honorable. So there's some logistics that Bear Tycoon and I have that he can't be heard by you right now because of my recording <laughs> idiocies. So everything that I mean, it's almost like a roxanne thing where he may speak something to me and then I speak it out loud. Um, our first question though for you, because we know you have time and you didn't push back when you answered. Is Bobby on the hot seat?
2: Oh God. No, of course not.
1: But should he Thank you, Mike.
0: But should he be? Yes, that's a better, should he be on the hot seat?
2: I don't think so. I mean, he's clearly clearly done a lot of things to put the program back on, you know, solid footing. But, uh, you know, you'd hope for a little bit more in year four. um,
0: It's really year, like, 15, isn't it?
2: On depth-wise and stuff like that. But it's tough, you know, I mean... Recruiting online has proved to be a
0: tough thing, so and the injuries have decimated them this year. So no, he's not lost. Okay, because we had, we've been hearing rumors, and Egris tells us he is. So we just wanted oh to go to the God. source. Don't
1: tell him, make sure to tell him that there's okay, a thread on Egris with over 200 comments. Oh yes,
0: yeah. Bear Tycoon says there is a thread on Egris with over 200 comments <laughs> that suggest otherwise. The okay. majority suggest otherwise. <laughs> so we we read that and we said we have to go right to the source and get the inside information from the Grizz Fan Podcast.
1: Well, but officially not on the hot seat.
2: indicate that it would be a huge shift from any historical precedent at the university for them to do something <laughs> like
0: that. Um, so you're saying Bobby owns them.
2: I mean, do I think Bobby's the highest-ranking athletic department official? Yes, I do. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
0: Perfect. And um, also, second question, follow-up question. Who would you rather go on a Grizz game road trip with, Brent or Luke? And why is it Brent?
2: (laughs) Uh, Brent knows more people that might give us connections, you know, more more things in the athletic department. But Luke is sneaky. Like, we could end up in Greeley, Colorado, and Luke probably would know some.
0: Just random person, like a co-ed, Just maybe.
2: Random person, yeah. So that's a that's a tough call. It's a tough call. But, but, but the I answer is I've Brent. The more traveling together, you know. So, but Luca live together. God, that's a tough
0: one. The answer is Brent, obviously though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was
2: the premise of the question.
0: So. But yeah, that was the premise. Uh, Bear Tycoon, what was your question uh, regarding the Southern Utah game for, for Mike?
1: So. It- I feel like an idiot that you're relaying all of this to him. i know, this have to relay of, all of this. this. game of telephone. Um, my ba- my big takeaway, Mike knows my takeaway, is that a win is a win is a it win. Is. He is much more pessimistic oh, about the yes. state of the Grizz. Um, but why don't we say, Mike got th- the Grizz have three games <laughs> left. Is a that right? question. Three for games left. For what we're left. doing
0: here for a game of telephone, it's been a very long rambling question by the Yeah, first, well, let's just
1: start with this. Three games. We'll left. start with what this, is the he said. So, right in the middle of his explanation, we're games. starting
0: with something. What are your expectations over the next three games? That is Bear Tycoon's <laughs> question after 20 to 25 seconds of rambling.
2: Uh, I think that we are good enough to win all three. They all give me anxiety at this point.
0: That's, good answer. That's much more succinct than the actual question was, so we appreciate that. <laughs> and. We, we know from listening to Grizz Fan Pod and, and through other channels that you may have picked Northern Colorado to win the upcoming game. Is this true or false? Uh, or can you expand on that?
2: It is true. And I mean, they've just been struggling for the last month. I mean, I sat through a couple games in Washington Grizz where, uh, you know, we, we almost lost to bad teams. I mean, one in seven, Southern Utah, we had to block a field goal. Um, Northern Colorado gave sack a game. Am I gonna be surprised if Montana wins on Saturday? No, but I think mean, Montana needs to prove it to themselves and everybody else.
0: All right, that's like another good answer. And finally, my favorite: If Cat Grizz was today, who wins and what's the score?
2: I am on the record as saying that I will pick the Cats forever until the Grizz win again. So. The oh
1: cats wow. The men, cats fifty-two, Grizz, Grizz ten. Today.
0: So, Bear Tycoon's uh, prediction is Cats 52, Grizz 10. Um, Any comments on that?
2: I don't think that Coach Sixer Vegan um, would score 52. I think he'd be confident in his defense, and he might get a 21-point lead and sit on it.
0: Mm. I can Um, see that, too.
2: So, I I would see it being a little bit closer scoring game.
0: He's also doing the thing where he hedges and he makes the score really big. And then when it's closer, he's all excited. And then, you know, that's just the very tycoon way. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we just wanted to get some actual insight here uh, from the man in the stadium and a part of that greatest fan pod. So we do appreciate you an- actually answering this phone call because that was surprising oh, in man. itself.
1: It Thank you, Mike.
0: Phone, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I'm definitely assuming that that is what it is in there as. 100 <laughs> Awesome, dude. Well, hey, congratulations again on your win last night. Your actual big win, unlike your your university over the weekend. Your big win in Missoula. You yep, uh, put teams away. You put teams away. Bobby should take a page out of your playbook and uh, <laughs> just keep the you know. You know, it was it was inspiring to see. And if only <laughs> he could be the same. So we we appreciate it, Mike. Have, have a great rest of your night. Right. See you, dude. See you, bud. So there you go, he actually answered the phone call.
1: Yeah, he's like a minor celebrity. He is. He might be the most famous person in your phone.
0: We we may have uh we maybe did the first interview of him as an elected official.
1: Yeah. I believe Chris Van recorded
0: on Monday and uh he won the election last night and then we do this today. I mean you heard it here first. Bobby's on the hot seat.
1: Yeah. He's not on the hot seat. But let's move on he to the other games Nazi. from this week. <laughs> but um, why? Why do we have
0: to? That game right. was so fun. All
1: right. Well, actually, well, I'm trying to see if I. Okay. Want to we do can this. move on because
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I have, a, I have a, a story I could tell, Nate, that tries to paint a comparison between the Grizzlies of this year and the, the world champion, Atlanta Braves. No, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I mean, there's similarities, star players getting hurt, not meeting expectations, things looking gloomy about two thirds of the way through the season, ends like in a championship, the but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through that whole thing. Let's go through. Luckily, these other... luckily
0: that story you just told was more compact than the questions you're asking Mike.
1: Yeah. Well you called Mike with no warning, gave me no True. warning what was going on. And you had to telephone it to him, so it's more on you than me. But four games this week besides the Montana game, um, in no sh- particular order. Four boring games. Well, games we didn't four. even
0: care about. It'll, but we yeah. know we need to start with the one that actually almost had implications for the rest of the Big Sky.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Northern Colorado and Sac State. This was one <laughs> while the Grizz game was going on against Southern Utah. 2019 win, obviously, for the Grizz. Northern Colorado was giving Sac State a game. So, two of the worst teams that we thought in the conference. They were, you know, perennially in the bottom of our power rankings. You know, Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. Sac State, cakewalk conference schedule to get to a conference championship. And they go to Greeley and Northern Colorado almost beats them. In front of 4,068 people. And that's probably being pretty generous. Yeah. Sac That's State definitely only beats sold. them. It's definitely tickets sold. Sac State beats Northern Colorado by only three points. And it goes all the way to the fourth quarter where yep. Northern Colorado scores with three minutes, 11 seconds left to bring it to within three. Dylan McCaffrey, the one-yard run. They try the onside kick. They don't get it. Sac State wins the game. How amazing would this have been if the Bears could have pulled this upset off at Greeley?
1: Oh, it would have been it would have been awesome. Um we want we want the McCaffreys to get a win. We want to keep them around the conference. Uh, right now they've been invited to a party that they're not having any fun at. So a win here could have been good for them. It would have given Sac State another loss. Um on the year, their first conference loss and that would help with kind of seeding down the road, playoff implications. Um, but jeez, uh, man. I it, it, this was a shocking outcome, right? Like this would be if the Grizz Southern Utah game um, occurred in Southern Utah,
0: yeah. I mean, this. I look at this Northern Colorado. It was just I went back to their schedule because it always just their season's funny to me. Forty to seven loss to Montana State, sixty three to seventeen loss to Eastern, thirty two to three loss to UC Davis. They get the weakest team in the conference. Southern Utah beat them seventeen to nine, allowed ten less points than the Grizz do in that vaunted defense. And I totally forgot to ask Mike Nugent when I had him on the call if he had heard that the Grizz beat Washington this year because I've, I've heard that a couple times. <laughs> but that's beside the point. They have, that was one of my questions I was going to ask, him. I totally blanked on it. But anyway, they beat Southern Utah 17-9, and then they give SAC a game. Like I am so mad that SAC has this schedule because if SAC plays Weber, if SAC plays Montana – If SAC play, I'm sorry, not Montana, they play Montana. If SAC plays Weber, if SAC plays Montana State, or if SAC plays Eastern Washington, I think they lose all three of those games. They barely got by uh, a few, I mean, they barely got by Idaho State in their first game. They barely get by Northern Colorado. Those are two of the worst teams in the Big Sky Conference. They're like pretenders with the most advantageous draw of all time with their schedule. I still think they're pretenders.
1: Yeah, but this wouldn't be the first time a a weak team snuck into the playoffs. Like I feel like we get one of those out of the Big Sky Conference every year. By all accounts, Sacramento State is making the playoffs. They are likely. Oh, they're they going are, to yeah. win the win the conference, right? Or at least they get have Cal Poly.
0: They get Cal Poly and they get Portland State before they have to do UC Davis. So they're gonna have, you know, eight wins, uh, eight FCS wins, uh, and seven of those are going to be conference by the time they get to the Causeway classic. That game yeah, is going to be for the They don't have to travel. It's not going to be for the playoffs. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. The next two games are, are at home and then UC Davis is just right down the road.
0: Right down the road. It's just the most unbelievable schedule for Sac State. Uh, I got, I got in some trouble when Sac State beat, uh, I think it was NAU a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, Sac State's going to win this conference. There's no way around it. After they got yeah. past NAU and it was forty-four to nothing, and the people are like, "Oh, but you, you're not giving the Cats any chance. You're not giving Eastern Washington." I was like, "I think Sac State wins out. I do think they beat Davis on that Cosmo Classic too. game. That last, I think they go undefeated in conference. If the Cats stumble against Eastern or Montana, and winning two, both of those games is gonna be obviously very hard. Sac State has the conference if they just close it out, and it's just disappointing. And again, we we always talk about it, like our conference is too big." The unbalanced schedule just sucks. It's unfair. It's not fun for fans. You don't get to plan anything out. Like, you know, one, we, one year we got to you know see SAC at home. The next year we go down to Sacramento playing. Like, there's no planning. It's just all haphazardly yeah. scheduled. It all sucks. And this is the, another example of what happens when you have this unbalanced scheduling. I, I think SAC's Diggs is going to win the conference with an undefeated conference record. And they just don't deserve it. They do not deserve to win the Big Sky Conference. I'm very angry about it, if you can tell.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, happen. when the Cats and the Hornets both end the year 8 and 0 in conference, you can re- you can rest easy, Nate. That yes. the Bobcats are more battle-tested than Sacramento State. Um well, I don't know happens. how that would work out seeding-wise. I'd imagine the Cats would get the higher seed. Oh, they would get um, the higher
0: seed for sure if they were both yeah, undefeated for sure, yeah.
1: And you would be you would be praying to to play Sacramento State in the playoffs.
0: Oh, for sure, but this is what happened two years ago when Sac got a buy, got a seed, and then the first game they go out and they lose forty-two to twenty-eight to Austin P. Yeah, which was the best thing that ever happened to Montana State because Montana State got a home game against Unreal. Austin P. and absolutely murdered them. So yep. you know Sac State was a pretender. Well, I mean they didn't have Thompson in that game, but Sac State. It was kind of a pretender two years ago, in my opinion. Thompson was the only thing they really had going for them. They had an easier ah. schedule that year, but they actually had to play like Montana
1: State. Yeah, I wouldn't. Too. I wouldn't go as far as saying they're a pretender. I mean, they. I don't have their two thousand nineteen okay. maybe not in front pretend of me, but I remember. Year. I mean, they beat the Grizz. They <laughs> they looked tough against uh, all sorts of they folks, but it, it seemed you're as right. right. Though I take they that were... back. Now that I'm,
0: my recency has gotten to me because you're right. They went through a pretty big gauntlet in twenty nineteen. Yeah, of the top tier team. You're right. And are It's, right. it's
1: hard. Back. You know. When you, I feel like you see it in sports a lot where a team reaches a hurdle that they haven't overcome. They overcome it. Sac State makes the playoffs. Like, that's what they celebrated. The, everything after that was gravy, and I think they were just probably not paying attention as much as, as they there. should have been. Yeah, yeah, just happy to be there. But either way, this
0: game would have put the big sky on its head, opened up the conference championship even more. Yeah. If the Bears could have pulled this off in Greeley. You know, it was just such a weird, weird weekend to look at the Big Sky scoreboard and see the SEU game and this game so close uh, to each other and and how crazy that could have changed the conference. And anything can happen to Big Sky. We all know that. But uh, a surprise for sure. A surprise for sure. One that... You know, you have to, if you're the other teams that have Sack on the schedule, probably besides Cal Poly, because Cal Poly probably already quit on the season. I don't see them putting up any fight this week. No, no chance. Against SAC State. But if you're Portland State, you see a little bit of a, a shot maybe. And if you're UC Davis, you love to see this. Uh, a little bit of a struggle um, from the Hornets. So an interesting one for sure. We would have loved to see the Bears pull this one out. I cannot believe we said that we were. Che- I mean, I was. You weren't, but I was cheering for Southern Utah and Northern Colorado last weekend, and actually <laughs> watching their games with interest. That's such a a line I never thought I would utter. Yeah,
1: um, with with your parents in town, you're a good son, Nate. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, t- the, the I... phone under
0: the table while we were hanging out <laughs>
1: watching games. Um, the only other close game this weekend. Uh, was Idaho losing to Northern Arizona and sad for a few, a few reasons. I don't like seeing Idaho lose at home. I like them. I like, I don't want Idaho to be really bad. I want them to be like kind of bad. And they're so bad this year um, that I worry Paul Petrino's getting tossed. I worry that someone competent will come in, take over the program. And I worry about our friends over at the tubs of the club podcast well, I think this is really starting to get to them. I think they are starting to be They are they are um, reeling. Really sad because it's not just football, but their basketball team is like ranked 330 Garbage. out of 335 Division 1 teams, or whatever the and numbers they are. An, they
0: are and they have an amazing amazing arena for basketball too that just opened up.
1: Yeah, like and it an was au-
0: well for those players to get that arena.
1: Yeah, an awesome new basketball arena and a notable Uh, football arena, like ESPN.com, their front page for like 36 hours was a story on Idaho's football stadium, just like how weird it is and like the quirks of it. So feel bad for them. Um, it it seemed like this was a game that maybe they could win NAU despite being four and four and an FBS win. Like, I don't think anyone's taking them like super seriously. They'll probably beat the Grizz, but, um, yeah, I don't think anyone They'll. Now that I'm saying this, they'll probably sneak into the playoffs somehow, and with seven wins and 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 ruin my day. But like, they're not a good football team, right? They yeah. are closer. They are closer to Idaho State than they are to like Eastern Washington talent wise.
0: Yeah, and this one, I mean, Northern Arizona was down at halftime, 21-17. Idaho had the lead. Yeah. You no, know, the the ten thousand. I mean, I'm not the ten thousand. The thousand people in attendance. At the KB Dome are probably somewhat excited. But I think it's gotten to the point where they are wanting their team to lose to build the firing file on Paul Petrino. Like, I think oh, if we absolutely. ask Chris Hammond and Brian over at Tubbs at the Club, they are 100% okay with this loss. They wanted this loss. It's a weird. It has to be a weird thing as a player knowing that probably the majority of your fan base wants you to lose to get rid of your coach and are basically actively rooting against you. Like, that has to be the weirdest feeling as a player to to just see the people in the stands with the bags on their head, to see the stuff online that says, fire Paul Petrino. I have no idea what the players think about him, obviously. It's not like a well-documented, I don't follow, I know players (laughs) enough to know. He's like the player's coach or whatever it is, but, I mean, it has to be. It's just weird over there in Moscow right now. Um, Not a good team, and RJ, our, our... is, is it safe to say R.J. Martinez is our new favorite quarterback?
2: Hunter oh, Rodriguez just say.
0: he yeah. it's Hunter and him, because R.J. Martinez, he had three more touchdowns. Uh, he's a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to be the next Case Cookus for us. He's a freshman. He's oh, going to no. be around for a while, and we're going <laughs> to yeah. love watching him
1: play. He's going to be around for a long time. But
0: um, we we feel for you, Idaho fans. We really do. We wanted you to come down to our conference and be really good. And now you're seeing all these other teams jump from FCS to FBS, and you're not even part of the ride. You're, you're not only were you did you have to get dropped from FBS to FCS, but now nobody wants you back.
1: Um, <laughs> it's it's tough it's, to watch. Like everybody, no one else is making that move. No one else is going. FBS to FCS, and everyone is there's teams it that the should, like UConn. Yeah, uh, there's some teams that should it together. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Idaho!
0: Poor Idaho. It, it's I never thought I would care about the Vandals as much in my life, you know, but now they are must follow, they're a must follow team in the big sky, like in terms of on your like ESPN app when you're watching the games, like you're not gonna watch Idaho play. No. Like you're not gonna go and watch the video of them playing, the stream of them playing. But you are definitely seeing how they're gonna screw up this weekend every single time you look at the ESPN app on a Saturday.
1: Yeah. Man, since their win over Simon Fraser on September fourth, they have one win and it was against Portland or yeah, it's against Portland State. It just it is ugly. It is ugly for those poor bands. It is ugly yeah. in Moscow. Ugh. Um, all right, let's these other two games. Stomp. Well,
0: the one the the Weber State game horrible. Forty to seventeen, Weber State over Idaho State. The one big note out of that is Rashid Shahid, all time name, all time FCS player now too. FCS yep. history with his seventh career kickoff return. Uh, that's pretty
1: impressive. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and Weber State's got some juice going. Like they're they're they playoff. They're back in the top are, twenty-five. Yep,
0: they're back in the top twenty-five. They got that win against Eastern Washington. They're feeling themselves a little bit right now. Uh, that makes the Cats game for me. The Cats beating Weber State that much more impressive. I guess at the time I was really bored and I thought this probably isn't that you know great of a, a... it's it's a good win for the Cats obviously, but maybe we caught Weber on their downfall. You know down yeah. from the. The championship rings that they've been getting, but man, that Eastern game man just turned around their season, got a little juice back in the top twenty-five. They have an unbelievably easy schedule on the way out, and right now they're, you know, they're four. They have four FCS wins. They are gonna get to seven.
1: It would be shocking if they don't. And so Nate, I'll ask you this: so Let's assume Montana State goes undefeated, gets gets the best seed in the playoffs out of the Big Sky Conference. All other top-tier Big Sky teams make the playoffs. Coming into Bozeman, in order, rank who you are most worried about. Okay? So, Cats are in the playoffs. Divisional, or first-round game, regional, takes place. The winner is coming into, into Bozeman. Sacramento State, Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Montana, Weber State. Rank those in order of who you are most worried about. Going
0: off of, like, right now today, before we even play Eastern this week, uh, it would be Eastern Washington number one, for sure. Just the unknown. One, it's an unknown. It's a team that's had amazing success, and we'll talk about it when we kind of start to preview that game. But I'd have to go Eastern Washington would be number one. Weber State would have to be number two or three for me. Like, Weber State, that was a tough game, obviously, for the Cats. No offense. We weren't able to get anything going. Weber State's offensive play calling was god-awful. You think if they have another shot at the Cats, it's going to be a different game plan. Granted, it would be at home, which is great for Montana State with that atmosphere that they have, uh, that we have in Bozeman. But I think Weber, you'd have to put right there with, with the Grizz where that's just a, a motion game where it can go either way, even when someone could be owing whatever going into that game and they're going to have, they're going to be so fired up that anything can happen. I'd have yeah. to put Weber right there with them, and then Sac State, UC Davis. I wouldn't be as worried about, so I would put them at the four and five spot for there. But I mean, that yeah. I mean that's what I'd have to. I'd say Weber would be the second most scary team to play in the playoffs right now, just based on the game we had and their pedigree.
1: Yeah, well, I think that you know, the argument for Montana is that the atmosphere would be out of control if we finally got a playoff game in Bozeman. But I mean. The Grizz haven't done anything in the past couple of weeks where I would put them talent wise um, at a at a scarier yeah. level than Weber State. Few that would just be the emotion game. It would be it would be wild. Hopefully this year is when we finally get a second Cat Grizz game, a playoff game. That would be. That's all we want. All That'd we want really for well. Christmas. Um, all right, last game. What is oh Cal Poly Portland State? Like. Oof. Oof. Spencer Brash had it. a good game uh, three interceptions Cal Poly didn't,
0: Cal Poly didn't quit
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Ugh. Do you, so here we go here, we'll, we'll bring it back to Idaho from this game the Idaho, you know, the Idaho fans we know are saying does Bo Baldwin want to come up to and be a Vandal head coach now does he want to quit on his, his rebuild down in Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and come back up to Moscow up in the, up in the eastern Washington western Idaho area and, and try it again up there
1: yeah, I, I mean... It wasn't well, a question, it was more of just a... So I think that, I think that it, it comes down to what does he want as a, as a human being, right? Like, does he want well, a competitive want football team? Does he, does he want, like, to bring a team to glory? And then he needs to get out of Cal Poly. He's a much better spot to do that if he's in Idaho. But if he just wants to have, like, a chill life, making a few hundred grand a year, living in warm weather, beautiful campus no pressure at all. Truly nobody on campus knows if you win or lose. Like maybe, maybe he has had like a breaking point. It's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live out my days in this beautiful, beautiful spot. It's (laughs) on the water. Cal Poly is on the water.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, closer closer than Moscow. Literally on it. Very much closer than Moscow. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, Cal Poly had 50 yards on the ground. Not good for a team that doesn't have a very good quarterback. Um, I I look at this game, because obviously there was no way in the world we were going to watch this game nor follow it. Two teams that have nothing to do really with really anything that's going to happen in the conference unless, like, Portland State plays spoiler to someone down the line. But, my God, Cal Poly 1-7, 0-5, just... It's just a sad time down there in the Central Coast.
1: It's very sad. They end their season at Sac State, Idaho State, NAU. I, I don't see I don't know why. I don't know where they're going. Maybe Idaho job. State hosting you, Idaho you, State.
0: Yeah, I don't why do you take this job if you're blah, blah? blah. And I'm just like You were at Cal, man. You were in Berkeley. You were making money as a as a Pac-12 coordinator. Why? Why do you do this to yourself, Bo?
1: Life choices. You're a legend.
0: You're a legend in the big sky, and then you do this.
1: Life choices, man. Always come back to haunt you. That one
0: has come back to haunt him for sure.
1: Yeah, should we move to uh, this week's slate?
0: Yeah, I mean, last week's slate. Like we said, we went into it last week when we did our podcast. Maybe you could have felt that there wasn't as much energy between Bear Tycoon and I because we looked at that slate of games, and we said, mm. why do we do this podcast? We said that to each other. Like, <laughs> why do we do this? Why do we slog through these shitty games? And then we got a little bit of, like, a little ray of sunshine, a little ray of vitamin D with the, with the Sac State UN, uh, UNC game and the Grizz Southern Utah game. If the Grizz would have won that game 56 and nothing, this podcast would basically be over by now because we wouldn't have talked anything about the Grizz game. Yeah. We, wouldn't have called, yep. we wouldn't have called Mike Nugent. We wouldn't have, you know, um, discussed everything, all the happenings. So, thank God for content reasons that Southern Utah came to play because that slate of games was just god-awful.
1: Awful. Awful. Good riddance. This week, Let's get to this week. This week,
0: though. This week, though. We're going to start with it. We have another top 10 battle with Eastern Washington involved. If you remember, I think you do. Yep. I do. ESPN2 on a Friday night. No, it was a Saturday night. It was a Saturday night. The Grizz traveled to Cheney. Played Eastern Washington. Did not come away with a victory. Just uh, kind of just recapping it for the folks that may, may not have known that. Uh, I believe at the time it was number four versus number six. Am I right?
1: Yep. And then they flipped. And the number four. Yeah, the
0: number four Grizz versus the number six uh, Eastern Washington Eagles. And this week we run it back. But this time it's another team from Montana that has that number four spot. It's number four Montana State versus number six Eastern Washington in Cheney. Somehow Eastern Washington got all their great games. Uh, they're tough games at home. This year, I mean, they did. They got Weber State, Montana, and Montana State all at home. Again, awesome scheduling, Big site Conference. We love what you're doing with, with this unbalanced scheduling. But, ooh, if you ask me how I'm feeling going into this game, yeah, I'm scared. I am scared.
1: Scared, legit scared. I haven't had to deal. I, I haven't had a deal. With an F-
0: I haven't. I haven't had an FCS loss since the semifinals of last year against North Dakota State. Had a loss against Wyoming. So that was even last year. That was 2019 that yeah, I actually had a loss. Two years.
1: <laughs> almost two
0: years that I haven't uh, had to watch or ha- had to see. I had to watch Montana State lose an FCS game. They obviously lost to Wyoming at the beginning of this year, but you know that was one that didn't have a ton of impact on their season in terms of like the loss didn't mean anything. But yeah, haven't seen them lose. Vegan hasn't lost to an FCS team. Uh, but my God, I mean. I'm going to give you the last 14 games between these teams. Do you? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen what the cat's record is in the last 14. Do you know it? Did you see it?
1: Over the last 14 games?
0: Yeah. What do you think their record is against Eastern Washington?
1: Oh, God. I saw something where they've lost like six in a row. So I'm going to go over the last 14. I'm going to go the Cats have won six and lost eight
0: you're wrong and that was okay you're about four games off the cats are two and 12 versus oh. eastern washington <laughs> in their last 14 games so dating back to 2005 the last time these two teams played was in 2018 in bose when the cats lost 34 to 17 i was in attendance at that one actually sad game but uh so dating back to uh, 2005, the Cats went loss-loss, loss-loss-loss. So five straight losses to Weaver. Then they rolled off two in a row in 2010 and 2011. Uh, and then since then, it has been all Eastern Washington. Uh, one classic game was in 2014, 52-51 to Vernon Adams versus Dakota Prukop. That game was insane. Eastern Washington goes for two at the end of the game to win that game. Then both quarterbacks eventually transferred to Oregon, which was another weird wrinkle in that game as well. But this is obviously Montana State's kryptonite. Is this Eastern Washington team? I honestly can't even remember what it's like to win against this team. In two thousand eleven, you know, I was a few years out of college, living in San Antonio. I think it was either San Antonio or Wichita, which is the okay. the last time that the Cats would. It was both 2011. very
1: exciting metropolitan areas.
0: I only moved to the to the, the best of those time zones. Uh, <laughs> 2011 was when the Cats beat uh, that was ten that was ten years ago. Ten years ago was the last time Montana State beat this Eagles wow. team. Whew. So to say I'm worried about this game is an understatement. Okay. I'm mortified of this game. I've seen so this game what on my your... schedule all season, and I didn't want to get to this week.
1: What looking at like kind of everything, you know, about the Bobcats, what is, what do they need to do to win this game? You've seen Eastern Washington play. You have seen the cats play. They both have tremendous records. I mean, my God, the cats looking to go undefeated in the big sky, get that high seed. What is their Like, what, what do they need to do to beat Eastern?
0: I mean, it's kind of a good segue into the things I'm excited about. Okay portion of my list. The preparation I did for this podcast this week was second to none. Mm -hmm. This list being one of them. Uh, Montana State's number one rushing offense in the big sky, obviously. We all know that. Eastern Washington, middle of the pack, number seven. They're allowing 162 yards a game. Montana State's strength right there lines up with a mediocre rush defense from Eastern Washington. I like that. That, may, that gives me some comfort, like a weighted blanket. Okay. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Weber State rushed for 213 yards against Eastern Washington. Weber State only rushed for 54 yards against Montana State. Uh, I don't know why I have that on the things I'm excited about, but I just thought that was a cool stat. I can't really, <laughs> I can't really connect the dots of what that could have to do with this game. Uh, I think it's that Montana State should be able to run over Eastern. I think that's why I had that in that section, but more of just a tidbit, kind of just a little – Little nugget for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but another exciting thing. Eastern Washington. Obviously, the stories have been told, the legends have been written. Number one pass offense in like the, all of the the world, basically any level of football. Montana State's the number one pass team in the Big Sky Conference.
1: Really? So Weber. Wait, the, Weber was number. Yeah. Montana State is the number one passing team.
0: Passing defense.
1: Oh, okay. That's a big clear. Passing
0: defense. They're not the number one passing team. No, no. Far from it. Because that was Eastern Washington. Okay. If you, if you lead the world in passing, you're going to lead the conference in passing.
1: Fair point. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so Montana State, the
0: number one pass defense. They're only allowing 155 a game. Uh, Weber was the number two pass defense, actually. Is the number two pass defense in the Big Sky Conference right now. And Eastern Washington held Barrieria to 245 yards. That does give me some hope that the Cats have a chance to slow down Barry Area. We thought the Grizz were going to be able to because we thought they had an all-world defense at the time, and mm-hmm. obviously it didn't work. Weaver came in, held Barry Area down. That gives me a little bit of excitement well. considering Montana State's pass defense is even better than Weaver's. And we and Eastern Washington before they played Weaver State had played the number thirteen, number eight, and number twelve pass defenses in the conference to help inflate Barry Area's numbers a little bit.
1: I got bad news for you, Nate. Do you want to continue with your list before I give you the bad news? Um, those are all the
0: things I was excited about. And then we okay. started with the things I was scared about. So now okay. yeah, I'm done with
1: my list. So bad news. Weber. or I'm sorry, Eastern Washington, the lowest point total they've, they've been held to all season, 34 points. They've scored in the thirties, three times lost 35, 34 to Weber, 34 28 against the Grizz 35 33 over UNLV. so the Grizz getting beat 34 28 is the yeah it, it's tied for the worst Eastern's offense has has looked all year mm-hmm. that is that is that that is what you're going up against the other point totals they've put up this season 63 62 50 63 71
0: yeah it's terrifying yeah I will counter that with the 50 points to Southern Utah, the number 13 pass defense in the conference. The 63 to Northern Colorado. So this one actually threw me for a loop when I was trying to build a narrative around this uh, pass defense (laughs) thing. Um, Northern Colorado is the number five pass defense in the Big Sky Conference. Can you believe that?
1: No.
0: So that one actually, I didn't include that in my uh, talking points earlier because it didn't go, like I said, With my narrative. But they did put up 63 on Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado is the number five pass defense in the conference. But then they did 71 against Idaho. And Idaho is the number 12 pass defense in the conference. And then they got into that buzzsaw that is the Weber State pass deep. And they only put up like 245 yards. So, uh, you know, now they get to number one. Statistics are always true. And so they're going to gain less than 245 yards through the air this weekend against Montana State.
1: All right. That's a hot technique guarantee. Eastern Washington, I'm writing it down. Eastern Washington less than two hundred and forty-five yards in the air.
0: Yes. And okay. so the one thing that I was that I would not have thought the narrative would have been going into this game at all would have been was Montana State's run D, which may be the uh, the weak point in this one. Montana State's still the number three run defense in the conference, but Eastern Washington surprisingly is the number three run offense in the conference. That's the part that scares me the most is that they have such an electric uh, you know, passing game. They have an amazing running game as well. So that's the part that, you know, it, it's, it's kind of pick your poison with Eastern Washington. And, and it, that definitely would scare anybody going into a game with them. And you can see what they've done to yeah. put video game numbers against everybody except Montana and Weber State, really. So I'm still scared. That's kind of the – we'll come full circle and say I wrote down the things I'm excited about. It's kind of like doing gratitude in the morning to make yourself happier. You know, you think about the things that are going well for you and, you, and your day kind of just goes better. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about the negative things. I did my notes about what I'm excited about to just give me a little bit of anxiety relief going into this game.
1: Okay, that's fair. What? Uh, so I think, I think Montana State's going to win this game. I got them penciled in 36-33. Is, is this one of your jinxes? 36-33. No, I'm this very is good jinxes. at no, predicting Montana State scores. You're not answering um, the
0: question, which is how I know it's the jinx. I don't, it doesn't I don't, work. I don't,
1: I don't jinx, Nate. I, I'm not superstitious when it comes to sports. You know that. I know that. <laughs> I think Montana State, I think Eastern Washington, their offense is electric, but I also think that this is a team that likes to run up the score where other teams, when they get up big, kind of take their foot off the gas.
0: Well,
1: they learned against Western Illinois. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think Eastern, I I think they're beatable. They've shown to be beatable, um, especially against top-tier talent. They've played, yeah, I think if you look at their schedule, you could say they've played, like, three very good teams this year, Weber, Montana, UNLV. The total, like, point differential there is, like, five. Right? They beat UNLV by two. They beat Gris, the Grizz by six, and they lost by one. Um, I, I, they play very close games. I think this will be close, but I think Montana State um, knows what's on the line a little bit more. Um, and I think there's going to be a ton of Bobcat fans in, in the stadium. Looking on the ESPN page, where they always have vivid seats, fine tickets, $103 right now. It's the lowest, lowest ticket It's insane. Mail. Insane. Yeah, you'd never
0: think that for a, for a big Sky Conference game in Cheney. Cat Grizz, yes. Another big yeah. game over there? No.
1: Yeah, but just looking throughout the conference elsewhere, the Portland State-Weber State game, $10. Um, UC Davis-Northern Arizona, $19. Those are the numbers we're, we're used to seeing. $103. I mean, that it has to be Bobcat fans driving those prices up because I'll tell you what, I watched uh, Eastern Washington's last game, that Weber State game. It was an announced sellout. The crowd looked like it was like thirty percent capacity. So there's tickets available <laughs> if they can actually sell them to real human beings and not fake donors. It, 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 those, that, those seats are going to be filled by Bobcat fans.
0: Yeah, no, I. Agree. It's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's we we complain about the games that are just shitty and the games that we don't want to watch and the games that kind of ruin the conference for us when it's you know. Southern Utah plays Cal Poly or Idaho State plays Northern Colorado or any of those kind of games. Like We we want these games. When it comes around for your team to play one of them that you haven't won in a while, you kind of wish that Drake or Butler or <laughs> Diego yes. were coming to town. Um, but it is what brings excitement to this. And, you know, if the Cats are going to take that next step as a program in terms of where they can be a national – I know they made the semifinals last year, but obviously James Madison. Flukey, and, yeah. yeah, James Madison, North, North Dakota State were obviously – next level over anybody else in the competition. So if you want to take that next step, like everybody obviously wants the cats to do, and like they're showing with their record that they should, these are the games you want them to play and you want them to win. I'm not used to them winning this game, which is probably adding even more fear uh, into this for me, but uh, it's, it's going to be nerve wracking from beginning to end. <laughs> kind of like it was for you when we watched the Montana and uh, Easter game awful. earlier this season. I didn't, have fun. I didn't have one second
1: of fun watching that game.
0: No. And I don't blame you because I, I feel like I'm just going to be the same thing going into this one for me where, uh, you know, that Weaver state game wasn't even fun for me to watch because it was a six point game, almost the whole game. And, and, uh, the cat's offense was anemic. It's just these games take years away from your life, but you look so much forward to them instead of, you know, playing the Northern Arizona's and the Portland States. Uh, and you hope the atmosphere is going to be cool over there in Cheney, but, uh, I'm hoping the Cats can break the streak, and this is the game they need to do to get to that next level. And they got that big signature, well, at the time, the big signature win against Weaver State, the monkey off of back, because they hadn't beaten them in a while. So why not do it all in the same year and get the Eastern Washington monkey off their back as well?
1: Sure. Let's do it. Let's just clear the deck of monkeys off, off Montana State's back. No more monkeys. Eric Ferrierier, 30, 30 passing touchdowns on the year. Um, that's almost double the two guys in second and third, Davis Alexander and Matthew McKay. 31 between yeah, the two of those guys.
0: He's unreal, and Oof. that scares me. He just scares me. He Him in general just scares me.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the one record he doesn't hold, the one area that he's not leading in, is a long touchdown pass. That, of course, held by Northern Colorado's Dylan McCaffrey. Who could forget of that 83-yard, I'm assuming, touchdown pass? Maybe I think it's actually just a pass. I don't think he got a touchdown on it. But... Um, so hats off to you, Dylan. <laughs> Good for um, me. any other any other thoughts on the game? What's your You have to give a prediction.
0: Oof, I don't want to because I you have to. Oh my gosh. I like I said, it's been ten years since Montana State has beaten eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people besides Montana State fans and you trying to jinx it are giving the cats a ton of chance going into this game. I think there's obviously the optimistic Montana State fans that think that this one can get, we can get the W. If I bet with my heart, Montana State wins by four. If I bet with my okay. head, Eastern Washington wins by ten.
1: We have to choose one.
0: I'm going with my heart. Montana State wins by four.
1: What's the <laughs> I score? have to. I'm writing oh. it down. So you're a little more bullish on the Cats than me because I have Montana State
0: 34, 34-30. Um, Elliott and Afonso run all over Eastern
1: Washington's seventh ranks. I love it. Rushed I love the optimism. Okay, well, that's clearly the game of the day. Um, it, if you're a Big Sky fan, you have to be watching it. Where are you going to be watching it, Nate?
0: Well, actually, so this is an interesting one. I'm actually heading over to South Bend, Indiana for the Notre Dame Navy game this weekend. that starts about 30 minutes before this game.
1: The oh my good God. news
0: the good news about this is that and this is not a, this is not a brag we'll be up in a suite at, at uh, Notre Dame Stadium <laughs> so I should have a charger and some Wi-Fi up there to be able to stream the Bobcats game up there while watching Notre Dame beat Navy um, but yeah that's, that's all I'm gonna have to do it this week.
1: That's awesome. Well, (laughs) this
0: is a game I would have flown to Spokane and gone to if I didn't already have the Notre Dame game on the schedule.
1: Yeah, man, that's so cool. Um, Well, be sure that someone takes a picture that's capturing this entire moment. You in a box at a Notre Dame game watching Montana State on your. You know, the last.
0: Oh, man, the last Notre Dame game I went to, I swear Montana State was playing uh, Eastern Washington.
1: I'm going to have to look that up. That might
0: be. It and might have been that game in lost. 2014. It might have been that game in 2014. It was the last game I was at in Notre Dame uh, against Michigan. I think that was the game. And I think, yeah, this is just weird coincidence there.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting um, indeed. Any other thoughts on on this game? No, I'm I'm uh,
0: I'm excited it's here. You know, Cats obviously have a rough end of the season in terms of who they're who they're taking on. They're taking on two of the top in the Big Sky. They do get Idaho in between Cat Grizz and this Eastern Washington game. Uh, so it's uh, it's go time. That's all I really have to say there. This is this is these are two massive games for the program. Massive games for playoff yep. seeding implications. The Cats, I believe, are already in the playoffs with seven FCS wins and probably eight guaranteed. You know, if you take Idaho into um, consideration so this is the one that you know puts that program up to the other echelon it's the pro- it's the one that gets you that seed and you're playing all your games at home in the playoffs um, it's it's going to be a fun
1: ride here uh, to close out November Um, that's right alright should we talk Grizz Northern Colorado
0: yeah and you heard it uh, with Mike Nugent he's calling the win for Northern Colorado the mighty Bears of Greeley are back yes Apparently, or here for well, here's long. the
1: bad news. the oh, no. the Grizz have done nothing um, uh, since i I think every all Grizz fans were pretty fired up after that Eastern Washington game. um, even in a loss, it was like you know, someone had to win that game, bummed that it was a loss., uh, but someone has to come away with a victory. So kind of understood that. things have not really gone the Grizz way since a pretty uninspiring win. Uh, over Dixie State, a loss to Sac State, both those um, in Wagra's. Awful uh, but awesome win this past uh, weekend, the one-point victory over Southern Utah. Then uh, the only game that they looked somewhat decent was a 20-point win over Idaho. But even there, they looked kind of shaky. Things were a little suspect early on. Um, So there's nothing been uh, since the end of September um, reasons for the Grizz fans to to be – to be optimistic, I, I think that the big takeaway for me going into this is I'm glad to see Cam Humphrey back out on the field. I don't know how much of a difference there is between Humphrey and, and Chris Brown. Uh, but assuming that Humphrey can can play more of a role, it now gives the co- I, I think that a lot of the mistakes and I think for the Grizz to win, they need to minimize mistakes. A lot of mistakes coming from the quarterback position. It just seemed to cascade. There'd be one mistake, one, one interception, something, and then the quarterback would be rattled all game. I do not uh-huh. like a two quarterback system, but having the option to plug someone in, um, if if you know Chris Brown starts out shaky, being able to plug in Cam just kind of that safety net makes me feel a little bit better. Cam had a a really uh, not great fumble to start out um, against Southern Utah. It was good to see him back on the field. He had a very bad fumble, but otherwise, I thought he looked. He looked uh, solid. I was. I, I thought was, you said uh, that
0: if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero, though.
1: No, I do, and I do. It is not a long-term strategy, but I think that as you are fixing your offense, trying to figure out what's going on for one game, you can, or the next couple of games, two road games against teams that you should beat, you have the option of uh, pulling a guy. And putting someone in who has a more steady head—that is not a long-term solution—but against bad teams, um, it gives you somewhat of a of a safety net. Um, and I thought the offense looked better when when Cam was on on the field. It's—I don't, you know—if you look at his stat line, it's pretty solid, ten of fourteen last week. Um, but I, I just—it seemed just looking watching the game, it just seemed like he had more of a command on of the offense. So I'm I'm optimistic going into this. Um, the Grizz, I, I hate when they have to travel. Um, I hate when they have to go down to Greeley of all places. Like, it, it's setting up to yeah. be a letdown that game. Atmosphere I, is, that's the, that atmosphere awful. is
0: the most brutal part of this.
1: Awful, awful. I wish we could trade Northern Colorado for just some other school in Colorado that's in a better location. Like, even if, if the program, like, at least like Portland State, if you go to the game, you still get to go to Portland. Yeah, true. Right? Like Greeley is not a destination, and it's not close enough to Denver where you can really make it a Denver trip and just pop up for the game.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. The and like Sac State, you're you know Sacramento is an underrated city. You got Sac State, UC Davis, right there where you can at least come yep. you know to California, and get in the warm weather. Greeley, you're going to Denver, and then driving like two hours up, I think, or an hour and a half up to a place that smells like a stockyard. Um, yeah, kind of yep. brutal there. Yeah. But did you ever think did you ever hour. think that, you know, did you ever think that Montana's the number 7 offense of Montana would be going up against the number 5 pass number I'm sorry I should say I'm sorry I should say the number 7 passing offense of Montana in the Big Sky would be going up against the number 5 Northern Colorado defense kind of how we talked about it. Well, that, that number 5
1: that. total just seems very fishy to me and I don't well, it's a, there it's has a to statistic. Be, there has to be something wacky in in their schedule that we're not remembering. Um, That is allowing for them to be the number five ranked passing defense, Um, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, Well, it's it's on the
0: official. It's on the official uh, Big Sky Conference statistics site.
1: (laughs) Wait, no. You have to take my word for it. Oh no, that is yeah, two hundred and twelve. No idea. Yeah, I mean the fact that Montana is ranked seven, I feel like that is exactly where I would. Guess they'd be. I think their passing offense, when it's been very frustrating all year, but I think compared to the Big Sky Conference, overall it's it's very right in the middle, Um, very mediocre. And the teams below them, I mean, I'm frankly shocked that Montana State is is uh, three spots behind the grizz passing wise. Like, I guess McKay isn't putting up numbers, but he's just much steadier. Is that kind of the the argument here? Has one interception. Is that true? The, the Bobcats have thrown one interception this year. Yes, that is very
0: true. But you also saw how many times they threw the ball against like Weber State, and they also played, yeah. you know, San Diego and Drake. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. the nice part is they're not making Matt do too many things. Hmm. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> You're just confused I mean, by these
0: statistics.
1: I'm very, I'm very puzzled. I'm looking. Northern Colorado. <laughs> Um, I love
0: this puzzlement. While on the podcast, <laughs> while we're recording, just complete puzzlement, diving in, deep diving, which we have a segment coming up. Uh, coming oh, yeah, up let's that.
1: do it. Let's just get to that segment.
0: So you're done, you're done trying to break down the statistics that are you know, on the official Big Sky site?
1: Yeah, well, here's the deal. You want a detailed <laughs> breakdown of the game, Encourage you every week. Go to the Grizz Fan Pod, the number one podcast in the state of Montana. That's not something we say. That's also something backed up by statistics. Number one podcast in the state of Montana, Grizz Fan Pod. They do three hours every week. Half of it devoted to the week before. Uh, half of it devoted to this week. Um, they are going to give you everything you need to know, numbers wise, about what the Grizz need to do here. I, I just think that Northern Colorado has been so bad. Um, I think Northern Colorado is just as inspired to play in their home stadium as will be um and the grizz the grizz should win this win this game uh pretty easily i'm going to give them a a 10 point win over northern colorado nate would you like to join me uh i think the grizz
0: are going to win this game i thought that they were going to win uh, they were gonna beat Southern Utah by 40. And I said that anything less than 40 was gonna be sad Charlie Brown music. And I said if they <laughs> came anywhere near your score, it would be sad Charlie Brown music, and like we talked said at the top the top of the show, the Braves saved you from getting the Charlie Brown treatment.
1: Yeah. There. And to be so, clear, they've saved me for the rest of the season. There's no Grizz loss that can take away from the shine that I have. This will last. You me know, we've well only we've year. only played
0: the Charlie Brown music when One year we thought that the Cats and the Grizz both missed the playoffs. We played the Charlie Brown music this year when the Grizz lost to uh, Sac State. Uh, there yep. may have been one other time we played the sad Charlie Brown music, maybe when the season ended last year. You almost got it this week if Southern Utah would have pulled that off. You almost got it just from having the score be that close. Braves saved you. Congratulations. I mean, just great job, Braves, for saving Barry Tycoon on that one. I'm going to say yeah. Grizz 35, Northern Colorado 10.
1: All right, I'm going 24 um, okay. 10. Montana over Northern Colorado.
0: So. The rest of the games, again, suck. So we have Portland State going to Weber State. Cool. Idaho State playing BYU in one of those great middle-of-the-season FBS-FCS games. Going <laughs> to get perfect. smoked. BYU, I think I watched them on a Saturday night. It was like the latest game on against Virginia. or Yeah, Virginia. They scored like yeah. 90 points. They have an amazing running back. Brigham Young is going to put up 60 on 15 Idaho
1: State. in the country.
0: Yeah, 15 in the country with some ballers on that team. They're going to be playing in Provo. Okay, I mean, that's we don't, obviously are not going to talk about that game. UC Davis goes down to Flagstaff. Maybe a trap game. That might be one that we'll have our eyes on. Northern Arizona gets a little bit frisky here and there. RJ Martinez, a very good quarterback, and he's going up against Hunter Rodriguez. Never mind, we'll be watching this game very closely.
1: Yeah, all right. We have a new game of the week. Um, I will be rooting for UC Davis hard in this one. Let's just... Put Northern Arizona to rest. Let's make sure that they are not a playoff team. They don't have anything to play for in uh, <laughs> two weeks when, when they take on the Grizz.
0: Yeah, yeah, for you. I'm going for Northern Arizona on that one to take Davis <laughs> down a notch. Uh, Idaho
1: versus Southern Utah. This, oh. this is going
0: to be fun only for the fact that now Idaho fans have to root for Southern Utah. Southern Utah is probably feeling pretty deflated not coming out of Washington Grizzly uh, with a W last week. This is going to be like the worst game of the week.
1: It is. Here's the deal, Idaho fans. If you guys lose this, I I don't think you should want to lose this game because beating Southern is, Utah. Yeah, you're right. Is not going to save a coach's job. Period. Even if he wins by sixty points. This is That's a good Southern point. Utah. Is not is not good. Um. So let's get a win. Let's get some juice going in Idaho. Patino's out anyways. Um. Man, oh man! I don't want Southern Utah to win a, a single other game. I want them to go winless in the Big Sky Conference. Other way, but this
0: there. might be this might be the game that if Idaho loses, Petrino actually just gets axed on the sideline in the third quarter. Like if, if not the like fans,
1: 20, the, the tubs at the clubs guys might try to take him out in the parking lot after the game. Like it is. Yeah, that
0: might be true too.
1: It's uh, this would be this would be awful.
0: Yeah, and then. A game that, you know, after seeing what Southern Utah and Northern Colorado did last week um, and kind of put a scare in some teams, Cal Poly plays Sac State. This is not going to be a scare. Cal Poly's not a team. We don't even have to worry. I mean, last week reminded us that anything can happen in the Big Side Conference except if you're Cal Poly. You're going to yes. lose if you're Cal Poly. <laughs> you are going the to exception, lose. They're the exception to the anything that can
1: happen rule. <laughs> Um, yes. Did you have anything uh, you want
0: to talk about for the rest of those slated games? I,
1: I, I will say that I will definitely watch. I will watch the Montana game. Obviously Montana state, Eastern Washington. Um, I will probably tune in. I'll be switching back and forth at Idaho, Southern Utah game, just to see if our Vandals can get a win. Um, mm-hmm. the late start on the Sac state Cal poly game. Maybe that, that game gets put on, but I think, I think I'd rather watch, like, Frazier reruns than um, tune in for a live game of those two teams.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, it is that one where... Because every other game starts at... I mean, it's 1.30, 12, and 1 are all the games. Uh, yeah. Game times. I mean, some are Pacific time, but nothing. There's no other game. They share. They are the only one in the biggest Sky Spotlight after dark this weekend. Um, but, yeah, you know both of us are not going to watch that game. Like, don't even try to...
1: No chance. There will be oh. definitely right, something right. better on TV. Um, only other it. thing this week we need to talk about. Well, we have our um, new segment first. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I
0: forgot about the new wow. segment. Let's do it. So our, our new segment called Diving Deep. Love I'm it. the intro. I'm to <laughs> the Alright, diving deep, our newest segment where we check in with our special correspondent Brian Marceau from Tubbs at the Club. He gives us some deep dive statistics into the conference. We appreciate him for this. Crossing over to help out a fellow podcast in the Big Sky in the Big Sky Podcast Network. Alright, I'm gonna go with the first one. The first deep dive into statistics in the Big Sky Conference, Idaho. Has averaged seven point six points per game in the second half of Big Sky Games this year. A high of ten came last week versus NAU.
1: That's pretty bad. Ugh. Oh, this is where you should 7. play the Charlie Brown music. Yeah, no kidding. Um you're, you're next, next stat we got. Here we go. Are we trading back and forth? Are you just gonna read? We are. Yep. Okay. Next one we got, Nate, courtesy of Brian. The state of Idaho has as many Big Sky wins too from Idaho State and Idaho, as Northern Colorado, and one fewer FCS win, two for the state of Idaho, three for Northern Colorado. Woof. Wow. That's not good On Northern great.
0: Colorado is, has, has damn near doubled you up as a state in FCS football. Do you think if
1: they combined the two Idaho schools into one mega Idaho school, they would finish top huh. five? No. I really don't. I'd like them to try. And I'd like That'd be awesome. to hire both fantasy and, and Petrino.
0: <laughs> co-head coaches. That's awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> if you have five quarterbacks, do you have any? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bad, bad. Eric Berrier. Here's a, here's a, a fun one. Ready? Ready yeah. for this one? Uh, Eric Berrier is averaging more yards per game passing than the number 8, 9, and 10 quarterbacks in the conference combined. Barry area is averaging 426.4 yards per game. Miles Hastings from Davis, Chris Brown from U of M, and Dylan McCaffrey from Northern Colorado combined for 384 yards per game.
1: Oh, that is... I mean, granted, there's a couple backups in there, but that shouldn't matter. There's also a Michigan drop-down in there. That yeah. is... And one guy is averaging more yards than all of them combined. Oh, my God. All right. Had Southern Utah made their last-minute field goal attempt versus Montana, it would have been their first road Big Sky win in a normal season since 2017. Wow. 2017. They won the league that year. They yeah. won the
0: league in 2017.
1: Oh, They beat UC Davis that year when UC Davis before they got good, before they were even yeah. frisky. UC Davis used to be another team that we just shout on all the time. Another yeah. they're a little frisky. That was weird when
0: Southern Utah won the conference that year. That was really weird. Um, there was a disclaimer on that last one. It said Southern Utah did beat Cal Poly in the non-existent slash weird slash fake spring season, 34-24. to 24, yeah. but Cal Poly was so bad in the spring that they quit, so that does not count in our book.
1: It does not count. It, spring season doesn't count. and Playing a team that quits midway through the season is just – that's on par with beating a division two team. Like it's on your record officially, but like no one actually recognizes it.
0: If only That's Southern so. Utah could have just made that field goal.
1: Oh, thank God they didn't. Um, it's on you, right? We've got a couple more here. That's you. I did the disclaimer oh. on the last one. Oh yeah. You had the fun disclaimer. Um, Northern Colorado's unstoppable offense, which Montana will try to stop somehow this weekend <laughs> has scored more than 20 points. Not once. But two times this year. That's that
0: one doesn't impressive. seem quite as a, That's impressive. It doesn't. Seem, that one doesn't seem quite as a deep dive. I think we could have done that one.
1: <laughs> Brian was mailing it in on the last one. That was mailed
0: in for sure. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, we'll go to the next one. We'll go to the next one. In five Big Sky games, Bo Baldwin's Cal Poly Mustangs have torched opponents for seven total touchdowns. Including an unheard of three touchdowns last week in their forty-two to twenty-one loss to Portland State, so that was pretty crazy. Five Big Sky games, they scored seven total touchdowns.
1: That's not bad. Wow. Not great. Well, thanks, Brian. That was a fun little segment. Well, there was one.
0: We, there was actually one we missed: is Idaho State one. Idaho State has scored more than twenty-one points one time this season, making them a mortal lock to upset FBS number seventeen, number fifteen BYU.
1: Could you imagine? Wow.
0: BYU just like, literally put out 65 on a, another Big Five school last week. And now Idaho State, poor Idaho State, has to go play them. They've only scored 21 points uh, one time oh. this season. Sad.
1: Man, oh, man. But thank you, for, thank you for joining us for
0: Diving Deep, our newest segment on the Men's Sports Podcast.
1: Yeah. Give our boy Brian Marceau and the Tubbs at the Club guys a follow on Twitter. Um, all right.
0: So what was the last, what was the last thing you wanted to discuss? I I cut you off getting to our news. Yeah.
1: Last thing I want to discuss, um, and I didn't mean to minimize the, the diving deep segment. I forgot about that. Jerry didn't put it on the schedule, but I did want to mention there's a real possibility. Nate, that college game day is coming to Missoula, Montana for the brawl of the wild. Um, it is the Grizz have been tweeting about it. The Grizz fan pod had, uh, 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 blanking on the guy's name from from the administration on today talking about like how this is a real thing. They are talking with, um, like they've they've talked about where they would have it. They've gotten feedback from ESPN. Uh, There's only a couple games that could conceivably be competing with it. Um, It seems like it's happening. And I think this is something while Montana would be hosting it, we as a state and as a rivalry should be um, really... Uh, posting about it, trying to encourage it. ESPN wants to know that there's juice behind this game. Every, every look, Weber State is probably selling them on like the historic rivalry between Weber and Southern Utah. Everyone has a rival. All these rivalries go back a long time. There is something special about Cat Grizz, and ESPN needs to see that online. So you're going to see people tweeting shit out. Um, you got to amplify it with like whatever hashtags they're putting out. Maybe Nate and I will put some stuff out for you to share. Nate, does that sound like something fun we could do? Uh, I will. Like, and I think,
0: yeah, no, I will, but I will not. I refuse to use the hashtag grizz on game day. I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to do that. I've somehow it got co-opted. I didn't even get co-opted by anything. It just got put on "Get Grizz on Game Day" when we all know the reason they're going to be there is Cat Grizz. And then now everybody's starting to say Grizz Cat again, which I thought we got over that. I thought we stopped that yeah. that debate. So there's you know, there's I'm, been there's I'm been the bad. dark underbelly of this of this social media uh, campaign as well as we're getting back to some things that um, <laughs> getting back to some things we thought we were done with. Yeah, just capping one of them.
1: Yeah, Grizzcat is not uh, is is not something I've ever supported. Um, Kakra is it just has a flow to it. We all know it. Uh, but yeah, let's. It, this would be. I feel like I feel like the stars are aligning for this to happen. I'm knocking on wood while I'm saying it, but it is. Uh, this would just be so much fun if it happened. So share whatever you can. Like stuff on Twitter. Let's just do our part to make sure that ESPN comes to Missoula in a couple of weeks.
0: And that would be so cool just to, I mean, obviously, this is stating the obvious, but to showcase the rivalry, to showcase Montana uh, as a whole, not the school specifically, but Montana as a whole, some great stories from, from the state, like they do when they come, each location they go to, they tell some cool editorial stories about what's going on in the state, um, a lot of stuff to share. And I think it'll be, it will be a fantastic, fantastic exposure for the FCS, for Montana, for the Montana schools. It would just be so fun to be able to to wake up on on Saturday the 20th and and have all that festivities times three when you get game day uh, to come to town. So that would be awesome. So yeah, join into the campaign. You know, uh, tweet at College Game Day. Do not use the hashtag Grizz on game day because I don't think they'll understand uh, what that means. So if you really want to make that impact, go add, you know, just tweet at College Game Day. Tell them to come to Missoula for, uh, for Cat Grizz.
1: Awesome. Well, that's all I had, dude. Anything, yeah, anything on your end? I know you're on a
0: little championship hangover today, so we'll, we'll you know, we'll let you get out of here and, and you can go watch more highlights and read some more articles on your Braves win. Uh, the yep. champagne was flowing last night, obviously. You sent me a picture of champagne in a martini glass and I knew hey, that you were glass. raging. Yeah, it was a martini glass, but uh, you guys were, you were raging over there after that Braves win, so I know that you're probably ready to get to bed. You're probably ready <laughs> to take some of that ibuprofen, get a little rest, refuel for the weekend. So that's all I have too and uh, it's going to be a fun weekend Uh, if you like a good top of the Big Sky Power Rankings matchup between Montana and Eastern Washington we'll see how the Grizz bounce back against another inferior opponent see if they can put them away this time and really I think this is the week where you after this weekend is really where you start thinking about Cat Grizz more and more where that second to last game is just kind of that that exhibition until you get to the real meal of the season, that cat game, you feel it. The season's changing. The sun's going to, Oh, by the way, don't forget to set your clocks back and your cell phones back an hour this weekend. Daylight savings times ends. Uh, and that's when you know that it's cat season when daylight savings time is coming to an end.
1: Yeah. It's come, it comes up faster and faster every year, but, um, it's almost here. And no matter what happens during the season, cat is something to look forward to. Um, and yeah, if the Grizz pull it off this year, we'll be drinking champagne out of champagne glasses. Google it. The first thing that comes I will up send is not you champagne some champagne. Regular flutes. champagne glass. Um, but yeah, dude, good talking to you. Let's go, Grizz, and let's go cats. I'm rooting for the cats.
0: You're rooting for the cats. You're trying to jinx us. It's not gonna work. Hope everybody has a great well, week, I have, a great weekend. I have,
1: oh. I have one last oh. thing, just for the Hall of Fame, um, your prediction that, e- that Montana State will hold Eastern to less than 245 yards in the air. If that, if that comes true, automatic uh, Hall of Fame. Automatic me Hall of or Fame. my prediction? The prediction.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Nate's predict. Like your name will be on there. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. That works for me. And uh, I'm excited to have that come to fruition. I'm speaking it into existence. Cool. All right, buddy. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Go, Cats. Go, Grizz.